So, the past few weeks, as I shared earlier, we've been exploring the role and the relationship of faith and doubt. We've talked about how do we embrace doubt in our lives of faith. So we've seen that doubt isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Often it gets this connotation that you shouldn't doubt, that if you doubt, you have less faith, right? Or no faith at all, right? And that can't be furthest from the truth. See, in fact, doubt and our questions help us to grow in our faith. And that's what we've been looking at and exploring, how doubt can help us embrace our faith and grow in our faith by embracing doubt. Today, we're going to look at what that struggle is like. We're going to talk about what it's like wrestling with God. Wrestling with God, with the questions we have about God. Wrestling with God uh, through all the circumstances of life. So I want to first think about wrestling. What does it mean when we say we wrestle? Because there are two images that come to my mind when I think of wrestling. Right? The first is my brother and I on Saturday mornings gathered in our living room, watching, or maybe it was Sunday afternoons, I can't remember exactly, watching the WWF wrestling with Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and all those guys we, and uh, my, my brother and I grew up loving and to my mother's chagrin, imitating in our living room, right? We used to love it. And then we were heartbroken when he found out that all of that was one big soap opera and was completely fake, right? So I'm not talking about this fake wrestling. I think sometimes we get caught up in, in what's real and what's not. And, you know, so we're not talking about this, this idea where wrestling is, is fake. But the other image that comes to my mind that I think is a much better picture of wrestling with God is the real wrestling that wasn't fake that my brother and I did with my cousins Howie and Eric. Right? So Howie and Eric, um, they were actually my mom's second cousins or whatever, the mom's cousins, right? And so they were significantly older than we were, than my brother and I. So my brother and I were kids. We couldn't wait to go to my Uncle Howie's because we knew that Howie and Eric would be there. And we couldn't wait to go in the backyard where my Uncle Howie had this big, big patch of green grass and we would just wrestle with Howie and Eric, our big cousins, right? Kind of like our big brothers. And, and we would just go out in the yard and my brother and I would jump on their backs and wrestle and put them in headlocks, right? And we thought we were getting along. We thought that we were taking them down, right? But I realized something. I realized something when I became that big cousin to the littler cousins and they wanted to wrestle with my brother and I. I realized that Howie and Eric were in full control of our wrestling matches on the lawn, right? They allowed us to exert the energy, right? They allowed us to think that we were winning, right? But I realized that when we had those wrestling matches on the lawn, that as Howie and Eric were engaging with us, that they were in full control of everything that was going on, and they could have stopped at any point, or pinned us down at any point, and said, oh, you're getting too rough, right? I've been thinking a lot about that image of wrestling with my big cousins and then myself wrestling with the little cousins in the same way and wonder if that's the same way that we can wrestle with God. That we're the little cousins in the match, right? That we wrestle 
exert all this energy, right? We try to tackle, tackle God and, and enter into this relationship, but where is God? In full control through it all. And I think that's what wrestling with God is like. We enter into it knowing that God is fully in control of it all. And I think that's the journey of faith. Journey of faith involves wrestling with God, questioning God. It involves that struggle. It dawned on me again yesterday as I was at a wedding and was having a conversation with one of the guests. And this happens often, so it's not just this one individual. But somehow, when they meet a pastor, they somehow think that you're some type of spiritual superhero, right? You know, she was like, well, you're a man of God, so you wouldn't have this struggle, right? And that's the way she was presenting it. You know, well, here, here's what I mean, well, but, but you wouldn't because you're some spiritual superhero. Was kind of, those are not the words she used, right? And I think sometimes, I don't know if you're in this place, but if, uh, if sometimes you think of your pastor or some spiritual guru, superhero, if you think this is how... We pray all the time. Have you seen this picture? The man praying before his meal? I think sometimes we have this image of what prayer looks like, whether that's of ourselves or the way it should be or, or our spiritual leaders, that prayer should look like this. Calm, reverent, respectful before God. Right? With, let's just assume that's a Bible on the table. Now I'll admit, we should strive for this to be our prayer life. But I would be lying if I said this is my prayer life or should be all of our prayer lives all the time. Right? We should enter into this type of prayer. But this isn't the only way we pray. Because I'm going to tell you, in my journey, in my faith journey, praying with God, in my relationship with God, sometimes my prayers have looked a lot like this. My wife, they stole my church. That's a temple I built for you. And I'm going to yell at you because I'm mad at you. I can't. Take it. Give me a sign or something. Blow this pain out of me. Give it to me tonight, Lord God, Jehovah. If you won't give me back my wife, give me peace. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Give me peace. Give me peace. I don't know who's been fooling with me. You are the devil. I don't know. And I won't even bring the human into this. He's just a mutt, so I'm not even going to bring him into it. But I'm confused. I'm mad. I love you, Lord. I love you. But I'm mad at you. I am mad at you. So deliver me tonight, Lord. What should I do? Now tell me. Should I lay hands on myself? What should I do? I know I'm a sinner and I once in a while, woman, I have, but I'm your servant. Since I was a little boy, you brought me back from the dead. I'm your servant. What should I do? Tell me. I've always called you Jesus. You always called me Sonny. What should I do, Jesus? This is Sunday talking now. Hi. You let me down. Hello? Miss Louie, it sounds like you got a wild man over there carrying on and hollering and whatever. I'm just, who, who is that over there? Is that your son or who is that? Oh, well, that's... That is my son, that he's, I tell you, ever since he was a little bitty boy, he sometimes talks to the Lord, and sometimes he yells at the Lord, and tonight he just happens to be yelling at him. Well, could you tell him to talk a little softer? Yeah. 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 Yeah
How's that for a model of faith? Sometimes he talks to the Lord, other times he yells at the Lord. That's from a movie called The Apostle. Right? And Robert Duvall is a preacher, and, and I just love that line Lord, I love you, but I'm mad at you. That's what we hear about in the Psalms. We see that in the psalmist. If you look back at the psalm we read today and the ones in the previous weeks, we see that relationship of God's people with God. I love you, but I'm mad at you. Right? I think that's an authentic, honest way to embrace your faith. To wrestle with God. As I've grown in my life and, and in maturity and, and um, in faith, you know, being a parent has helped with that. Right? So one of the things with my kids, you know, that I teach them is, you know, we, we talk a lot about emotions. And, you know, it's okay to be angry. Right? It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be this or be that. Right? But one thing I know we keep coming back to and keep reminding them and us and, and each other, what's the most important thing? is to be honest. Right? To be honest with ourselves. To be honest with our parents. And I can't help but think if God is our parent, our father, and we are God's children, should that not, is that not also true with God? That God wants us to be honest. To share our honest emotions and feelings. And if yes, sometimes that is anger, I believe God wants to hear that. Because that is how we are feeling. Throughout my life and my faith journey, I've seen my crying out to God with all these emotions. And I've seen God work through it and help me grow in faith. Right? There are many moments in time where I found myself like Sonny, crying out. And it might not have been at that time. It might have been as I've grown older looking back on that time. And you know, I remember that it started when my father passed away when I was just a small boy at the age of four. Right? I remember that feeling of anger uh, and, and shame, really, of being the only kid in my class making a Father's Day card for my uncle. Right? And growing up, why did this have to happen? Why? This is not fair. Right? Crying out to God with real, honest emotion. I remember my cries going through school. My literal cries and tears to my mom, saying, Mom, I don't want to go to school tomorrow because the bullying, the name-calling is just too much. I don't want to endure it. Why? The same thing when I, when I would show up to, to baseball games and my, my coach would say, you're sitting on the bench again. God, why? Why do all these things happen? I remember in elementary school, upper elementary school, Barbara Frost, Mrs. Frost we called her, she was a God's gift to me. She was our school counselor. And our school counselor who always had an open door and welcomed me in and I had my weekly meetings with her to process all of this stuff. And she was my support in the school. God's grace right in front of me. And then, 
having to go to school one day to find out she was killed by a drunk driver. God, why? You cry out. And then the anger continued when I realized that on my way home the night before from my grandmother's house from having dinner, that traffic jam we were stuck in was the same traffic jam caused by her car accident. The cries of God, why did I even have to be there? Right? We cry out. And all this in my faith journey has caused me to wrestle with God throughout my life. When mom informed us that she was getting married, we were happy for her. But that meant we would now welcome two sisters into the family. I was 13, so my cry was, God, why would you do this to me? Right? And then we had to change schools. And had to make new friends. Right? We cry out to God saying, God, life is not fair. Where are you in the midst of all this? And it's continued. Not just in adolescence, but even into adulthood. As adults, having to go through the journey of miscarriage. God, why? Trying to start a family and being unable to. God, why? Why? The struggle, the pain, the anger at God, the lashing out. Why, God, why? And I have come to believe that this is a part of our faith journey. To ask God those questions. To engage in God in this wrestle match. Trusting that God is in control. And can handle all of our questions. All of our emotions. And even the pain that is on our hearts. God, why? And I have seen. As now you hear my four kids in the back. Right? That have come to us in many various different ways. That God is a part of all of it. And God welcomes. God welcomes our honesty. And even helps us to grow in that process. We see that in the book of Genesis. Right? We see that struggle with God in Jacob. So Jacob, it's kind of this obscure text. Right? Jacob's handing out one day and this, guy, this random guy... This unnamed man jumps out and starts a fight. Starts a wrestling match with Jacob. Right? And they have this weird dialogue uh, that doesn't make sense uh, in and of itself. Right? So Jacob gets jumped by this guy and then they're wrestling till daybreak. Right? And the man says, let me go. And Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And then Jacob says, or then the man says to Jacob, what is your name? Right? So that seems kind of odd. Why would you jump a guy who you don't know who he is? Right? And Jacob says, well, my name's Jacob. Right? And then at the end, Jacob is blessed. And he realizes that he struggled and wrestled with God. So this makes more sense if we jump back in Jacob's story. If we jump back to the beginning. Jacob and Esau were brothers. They're twins. Esau was born first by whatever, 30 seconds, came out of mother's womb, and ever since then they've been struggling and fighting, the two brothers. Then one day, 
Jacob steals Esau's birthright. Trades it for a cup of soup. Then a little bit later on, his father is dying, Isaac. And it was time for Isaac to give the patriarchal blessing to the oldest child, who would have been Esau. But Jacob and his mother, uh, so Jacob was very uh, conniving and, uh, and um, they, they, they put some animal hair on him and he went into his father, Isaac, before he died. And Isaac asked Jacob a question. He asked Jacob a question and said, Who are you, my son? What is your name? And Jacob replied, I am Esau, your firstborn son. So then, Isaac gives Jacob the blessing meant for Esau. And ever since that day, Jacob runs off and his brother Esau is trying to track him down and kill him. Now he finds himself wrestling with God, who Jacob identifies to be God. And God asks Jacob a question. What is your name? This time Jacob doesn't lie. He doesn't cheat. He says, I am Jacob. I am Jacob. And then receives a blessing. I think this story of Jacob receiving this blessing from God shows us as we struggle with God, we can be transformed. As we're honest with God and we come face to face with our honesty, God can give us a blessing in that process. The text we read from the Gospels, we see Jesus on the cross. Jesus himself quoting Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you forgotten about me? In anguish and pain, Jesus being real and authentic and honest. So, my prayer for all of us today is that we can be honest with God, that we can be honest in church with all of our emotions, and we can turn it to God, trusting and knowing that God is in full control, and yes, even wrestle with God with the difficult stuff. On the way down to the wedding yesterday, I passed a church, I passed a church that had a sign right? It's not in town, right? So, you know, I won't give it away. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but it had a sign that said something to the effect of, um, we love you too much to not tell you the truth or something to that regard, right? And I drove past and I began to think to myself, well, whose truth? Whose truth? Yours, right? And I wondered what would happen if you went to that church, or even any church, or this church, right? And began to think, are questions and doubts welcomed? And I think they should be. I think God welcomes them, and so should we. And I don't think that's been the history of churches very often, to embrace doubts and questions and wrestling with God. So today, I want to invite you to do that. When you got your little white card, if you want to, because sometimes I think this helps, is to physically put it out there. I want you to write whatever it is, whatever doubts, whatever struggles, whatever you're wrestling with God about, and just write it on here. It could be a word, it could be a sentence, it could write, fill the whole thing, whatever. And as you come forward for communion, just give that as an offering to God and turn it over. And just say, you know what, God? Wrestle with me through this. Embrace it. And put it in this box. No one's going to see it. 
I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to close the box and then we'll turn them over to God and release them. So may you. May you embrace your doubts, your fears. May you wrestle with God and be honest with God so that and trust that God is in full control through it all, working in God's way to transform you through grace and love. Amen.